Volume two, chapter six of a simple story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pam Moscato. A simple story by Elizabeth Inchbald. Volume two, chapter six. Miss Woodley stood for some time to consider which way she was to go. The first person she met would inquire why she had been weeping, and if Miss Miller was to ask the question, in what words could she tell, or in what manner deny the truth? To avoid her was her first caution, and she took the only method. She had a hackney coach ordered, rode several miles out of town, and returned to dinner with so little remains of her swollen eyes that complaining of the headache was a sufficient excuse for them. Miss Milner was enough recovered to be present at dinner, though she scarce tasted a morsel. Lord Elmwood did not dine at home, at which Miss Woodley rejoiced, but at which Mr. Sandford appeared highly disappointed. He asked the servants several times what he said when he went out. They replied nothing more than he should not be at home to dinner. I can't imagine where he dines. I can't imagine where he dines, said Sandford. Bless me, Mr. Sandford, can't you guess? cried Mrs. Horton, who by this time was made acquainted with his intended marriage. He dines with Miss Fenton, to be sure. No, replied Sandford, he is not there. I came from thence just now, and they had not seen him all day. Poor Miss Milner, on this, ate something, for where we hope for nothing, we receive small indulgencies with joy. Notwithstanding the anxiety and the trouble under which Miss Woodley had labored all the morning, her heart for many weeks had not felt so light as it did this day at dinner. The confidence that she reposed in the promise of Lord Elmwood, the firm reliance she had upon his delicacy and his justice, the unabated kindness with which her friend received her, while she knew that no one suspicious thought had taken harbor in her bosom, and the conscious integrity of her own intentions, though she might have been misled by her judgment, all comforted her with the hope she had done nothing she ought to wish recalled. But although she felt thus tranquil, in respect to what she had divulged, yet she was a good deal embarrassed with the dread of next seeing Lord Elmwood. Miss Milner, not having spirits to go abroad, passed the evening at home. She read part of a new opera, played upon her guitar, mused, sighed, occasionally talked with Miss Woodley, and so passed the tedious hours till near ten, when Mrs. Horton asked Mr. Sandford to play a game at piquet, and on his excusing himself, Miss Milner offered in his stead and was gladly accepted. They had just begun to play when Lord Elmwood came into the room. Miss Milner's countenance immediately brightened, and though she was in a negligent morning dress and looked paler than usual, she did not look less beautiful. Miss Woodley was leaning on the back of her chair to observe the game, and Mr. Sandford sat reading one of the fathers at the other side of the fireplace. Lord Elmwood, as he advanced to the table, bowed, not having seen the lady since the morning, or Miss Milner that day. They returned the salute, and he was going up to Miss Milner, as if to inquire of her health, when Mr. Sandford, laying down his book, said, My lord, where have you been all day? I have been very busy, replied he, and walking from the card-table, went up to him. Miss Milner played one card for another. You have been at Mr. Fenton's this evening, I suppose, said Sandford. No, not at all to-day. How came that about, my lord? Miss Milner played the ace of diamonds instead of the king of hearts. I shall call to-morrow, answered Lord Elmwood and then walking with a very ceremonious air up to Miss Milner, said, He hoped she was perfectly recovered. Mrs. Horton begged her to mind what she was about. She replied, I am much better, sir. He then returned to Sandford again, 
but never during all this time did his eye once encounter miss woodley's and she with equal care avoided his some cold dishes were now brought up for supper miss milner lost her deal and the game ended as they were arranging themselves at the supper table do miss milner said mrs horton have something warm for your supper a chicken boiled or something of that kind you have eat nothing to-day with feelings of humanity and apparently no other sensation but never did he feel his philanthropy so forcible lord elmwood said let me beg of you miss milner to have something provided for you the earnestness and emphasis with which these few words were pronounced were more flattering than the finest turned compliment would have been her gratitude was expressed in blushes and by assuring him she was now so well as to sup on the dishes before her she spoke however and had not made the trial for the moment she carried a morsel to her lips she laid it on her plate again and turned paler from the vain endeavour to force her appetite lord elmwood had always been attentive to her but now he watched her as he would a child and when he saw by her struggles that she could not eat he took her plate from her gave her something else and all with a care and watchfulness in his looks as if he had been a tender-hearted boy and she his darling bird the loss of which would embitter all the joys of his holidays this attention had something in it so tender so officious and yet so sincere that it brought the tears into miss woodley's eyes attracted the notice of mr sandford and the observation of mrs horton while the heart of miss milner overflowed with a gratitude that gave place to no sentiment except her love to relieve the anxiety which her guardian expressed she endeavoured to appear cheerful and that anxiety at length really made her so he now pressed her to take one glass of wine with such solicitude that he seemed to say a thousand things besides sandford still made his observations and being unused to conceal his thoughts before the present company he said bluntly miss fenton was indisposed the other night my lord and you did not seem half thus anxious about her had sandford laid all lord elmwood's estate at miss milner's feet or presented her with that external bloom which adorns the face of a goddess he would have done less to endear himself to her than by this one sentence she looked at him with a most benign countenance and felt affliction that she had ever offended him miss fenton lord elmwood replied has a brother with her her health and happiness are in his care miss milner's are in mine mr sandford said miss milner i am afraid that i behaved uncivilly to you last night will you accept of an atonement no madam returned he i accept no expiation without amendment well then she said smiling suppose i promise never to offend you again what then why then you'll break your promise do not promise him said lord elmwood for he means to provoke you to it in the like conversation the evening passed and miss milner retired to rest in far better spirits than her morning's prospect had given her the least pretence to hope miss woodley too had caused to be well pleased but her pleasure was in great measure eclipsed by the reflection that there was such a person as miss fenton she wished she had been equally acquainted with hers as with miss milner's heart and she would then have acted without injustice to either but miss fenton had of late shunned her society and even in their company was of a temper to reserved ever to discover her mind miss woodley was obliged therefore to act to the best of her own judgment only and leave all events to providence End of chapter 6, volume 2. Recorded by Pam Moscato.